Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here with you for the LMU Basketball Podcast as the LMU Lions coming off a 77-65 win to get back into the win column in WCC play, taking down Portland the other night. We've got a great show for you here this week. Special guest Alex Jensen, the play-by-play broadcaster for St. Mary's. That's LMU's next opponent. He comes on to join us in a great conversation with him about the St. Mary's season so far, the upcoming matchup, and everything in between. So a great conversation coming up there. Before we get there, I want to let you know, as always, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. You can also find us wherever podcasts are available, including Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And also follow along at Believe.com. So many great shows, more shows each and every day including other shows covering the West Coast Conference, a show on Gonzaga, show on Santa Clara, a show on San Diego, and more and more coming. So a lot there on the Believe Podcast Network. You can also follow along with any of those on any of your favorite social media platforms, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be, at Believe Podcast is the handle. And follow along with me for any and every LMU basketball update on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass. So as we mentioned, Alex Jensen will be joining us soon on the show. But before we get there, I want to get you caught up to what's going on with LMU basketball over the past week since we last talked. Uh, LMU has had three basketball games. We had a podcast before the Pepperdine game last week. And of course, they played Pepperdine, San Francisco on the road, and then this most recent game against Portland and now getting ready for St. Mary's. So for the Lions, looking back to last week, Unfortunately for them, the really crazy streak in Malibu continued 21 out of 22 years now, including eight in a row, that the Lions fall at Pepperdine. We mentioned the Lions have had good success against the Waves at home, but for whatever reason, at Firestone Fieldhouse, that little gym is a house of horrors for the Lions. It was a close game again, 75-67, really just a couple of runs late, uh, allowed Pepperdine to take control and win that ball game. LMU, as always, Fought back, gave themselves a fighting chance in the end, but Pepperdine had just enough to hold them off. And, and really, in that ball game, it was the free throw line. In the first half, the Lions did not allow Pepperdine to get to the line really at all. And in the second half, granted, some of that skewed by late fouling, but Pepperdine ends up with a 24 to 15 advantage in free throw attempts. They make 20 of their 24 compared to 11 of 15 for the Lions. And despite a higher turnover total for the Waves, 17 to 11, they shot a little bit better. Made 11 threes to just six for the Lions. So three-pointers and free throws were huge. Pepperdine also had a little bit of an edge on the glass and committed less fouls. So for Pepperdine, Colby Ross still ended up with good numbers, 20 points and eight assists, but it was a lot from the free throw line. And we mentioned going into that ball game, that's really what makes him a really dangerous and prolific player. He can obviously shoot the ball, facilitates well for his teammates, but his ability to get to the line often separates him and puts him on another level. He didn't get there at all in the first half, shot all 10 of his free throws and made nine of them in the second half of play to get to that 20-point total. And really just the starters for the for the Waves. They didn't have much off the bench, only played a seven-man rotation. But the Edwards brothers, Cameron with 13, his brother Kessler with 12, 
Uh, Skylar Chavez had 15, and it was enough for Pepperdine to come away with a 75-67 win for the Lions in that game. Eric Johansson was on fire, a career-high 19 points, including five threes, but we mentioned the three ball really eluded the Lions outside of that. Just one other player knocked down a three. They were just six of 20, so one of 10 for the rest of the team from downtown. So the Lions fell in a tough one to Pepperdine. They went up to the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco Dons, and in a similar formula, Lions with a great first half. They led by two at the break, and that might have been some part of the issue right there is that the Lions only led by two at the break. They really outplayed San Francisco to a higher level than that, led at one point by eight points, and just one of those little mini runs at the end of the half allowed the Dons to close to within two, and then San Francisco pulled away late for, again, another close ball game, another eight-point loss, 61-53. to And for the Lions in this game, Eli Scott, as per usual, 17 points, 10 rebounds, double-double, big time offensively, but Lions just couldn't get a lot of other shots to fall. Ivan Alipiev had nine, but the Lions had great offense and great looks in this ballgame, and it was just simply a matter of not making shots. You've heard the term, it's a make-or-miss league when it comes to the NBA. That obviously applies to college basketball as well, and for the Lions, the offensive execution was great. They had many open looks, a lot of wide-open threes. Uh, they just did not fall in this ballgame for San Francisco, and especially on the road, that can kind of snowball on you, and it did for the Lions in that game. So they came out with a another tough luck loss to go to 1-4 and four at conference at the time, leading into that Portland game. And as we briefly mentioned, it was a, a great way to bounce back for LMU, a 12-point win, 77-65, to 65, and a great sign that LMU had other players step up offensively. Eli Scott did a wonderful job of being patient, not forcing the issue. He only attempted four field goals with 2-4, of four, five points, but... A double-double without the points. 13 rebounds and 10 assists for Eli Scott, working as the point forward for the Lions. We saw new career highs for both freshman Kelly Pepe, who was 9 of 10 from the field, including 4 of 5 from 3. 24 points and also a career-high 8 rebounds. And then you throw in Parker Dortch, who had a career-high 20 points as well. 18 of that came in the first half to really help the Lions extend and push their lead forward. Also saw Jordan Bell chip in with 13 points as well. And other players, Riley Siebel getting in the action with the three. Eric Johansson knocked down a couple of threes as well. Diavante Williams getting into the scorebook. So it was a really up-and-down, well-distributed effort. LMU shot 52% from the field, hit 11-29 from downtown, 38% there, hit 75% of their free throws. And despite 17 turnovers, the assist total was incredible for the Lions. 22 assists on 27 made field goals, moving the ball with great fluidity getting excellent shots and knocking them down in this game. And on the other end of the floor, controlling the tempo, holding Portland to just 34% from the field. Portland shot 37 threes. They made 11 of those, but only nine other field goals in the ball game out of their 20 made field goals total. Portland just had a lot of trouble really getting anything going. They were trying to run and get into their three-point looks, but Elmu did a great job and Maybe enhanced by Portland having a couple of injuries. Malcolm Porter went down in the very early moments of the ball game and did not return. Tahiro Diabate did not play in the game, but you got to play who's on the floor. And LMU did a wonderful job getting back in the win column, getting themselves to 8-12 and on the year now and 2-4 and in the West Coast Conference. And what they have lying in wait for them is the 17-4 and St. Mary's Gales, who are 4-2 and in conference play. And as mentioned, we have Alex Jensen, the St. Mary's play-by-play broadcaster, who is gracious enough to give us some of his time. 
He's coming up in just a moment here on the Elmi Basketball Podcast. But first, a quick word from 8Sleep. Let's talk about sleep. We need eight hours of sleep straight up. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. It's tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or cold. It's our pleasure to introduce the Pod by 8Sleep. The Pod is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. For the next week, get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500 only at 8sleep.com pro. E-I-G-H-T sleep.com pro. 8sleep.com pro. We're now joined by our guest here in the Elmi Basketball Podcast. It's the St. Mary's play-by-play broadcaster, Alex Jensen. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me, man. Happy Friday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you too. And obviously, happy uh, happy travel day for you. You guys are getting ready to come down here to, to Los Angeles after a 58-48 win against San Francisco. Uh, what's the season and the conference season been like for you guys so far? I know, obviously, overall... 17 and 4, 4 and 2 in conference. Uh, what's it been like for you in the early going? Yeah, listen, I don't want to, you know, disparage a 17 and 4 record by any means. I mean, <laughs> you go 17 and 4 any year, uh, I mean, you're, you're sitting in pretty good shape, right? But uh, honestly, Jesse, this could be a team that very easily could be 19 and 2. Uh, four overtime loss at Pacific. There was a banked in three to tie that game by Pacific at the end of the second overtime. There was a missed goaltending call at the end of the third overtime that would have won the game for St. Mary's, and they go on to lose some four overtimes. There were three games in a row, Jesse, that Pacific game, BYU game, and the Santa Clara game, where the Gales led by seven or more points inside of four minutes to go, and they were one and two in those games. The only game they won was an overtime. So I think the reason for that is this team – uh, had a significant injury in Matthias Toss, who uh, tore his ACL against Nevada. He's obviously out for the year. That was right before conference play. So, you know, I think this team uh, was a little bit inconsistent the first couple weeks of the season, even with Toss. But down the stretch in the non-conference, I thought they really started to find themselves, really started to play well. They beat Arizona State by 40. Uh, you know, they, they have the win against Wisconsin. They beat Nevada on a neutral floor. There are a couple other good a couple other good wins, Utah State being one that, I, that I'm missing in there. When Toss went down, though, this team kind of had to reinvent itself a little bit and, and figure out what they're going to do in the middle because Matthias was such a good, so good on the defensive end and he was a playmaker on the offensive end. So I think it's kind of been a little bit of a tale of two different seasons. And I think they're kind of starting to get back to where they were before Matthias went down. Last night, you mentioned the 58-48 win. The Gales won that game with their defense. And I think that's where they've been affected the most by Matthias's injuries on the defensive end. So, uh, it, like I said, it's kind of been a tale of two seasons. I'm never going to wag a finger at 17-4 and four for sure. Um, but I think there's still room for this team to improve. Yeah, and going back to last night, you know, 58-48, not really the score you would think of when you think of St. Mary's, who, you know, scores up at around 77 points per game and really can move and shoot the basketball. What was it in that game that kind of led to a slower pace? But even though with that, St. Mary's was still able to come out on top. Uh, you, you know, you have these games every now and then. You know as well as I do, Jesse, that you have games in conference that are just kind of a slog sometimes because these two teams know each other so well. You know, so not only does St. Mary's average 78 points per game, USF averages nine points per game. They only scored 48 
you know, both teams, look at the box score right now. Uh, USF shot under 37%. St. Mary's shot under 43%. I mean, it was just, you know, USF had 17 turnovers, uh, but 14 offensive rebounds. You know, it, it, was, it was just a, a bit of a slog. But again, I think the Gales really leaned on their defense when shots weren't falling them for them, uh, when it was a little slow going offensively. By the way, Jordan Ford last night, the first time in the last 73 games, that he did not have a field goal. Uh, he had eight points, all coming from the free throw. The guy was averaging 26.5 points per game in league play. Uh, and for the Gales to be able to win that game against a, a good opponent like USF and do it on the defensive end, I think that's a big sign of growth for the St. Mary's team. Want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries, MyBookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, MyBookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet win get paid you mentioned a couple of games that i wanted to definitely ask you about and the first of which of course is that four overtime game you mentioned kind of the the crazy happenings in overtime the bank three the missed goaltending call actually had a chance to watch that game after doing our lmu byu game and catching really the final four overtimes of that so got a chance to see everything but what was it like from your perspective to be there calling that and did you have a little PTSD the next game when you went to overtime, just one game later versus BYU? The next two games. Just yeah, next, next two games. The BYU game, uh, even, though, you know, even though the Santa Clara game wasn't overtime, I mean, the Gales were in position to win that game. In that Pacific game in regulation, the Gales led by eight with less than four minutes left. Again, they just could not close. That game was wild, man. It's actually the longest game in St. Mary's history, that game against Pacific. There's never been a four-overtime game before January 4th at Pacific this season, so... Uh, you know, it was funny, you know, you know Zach Bayrudi as well, who's the voice of the Pacific Tigers, and it was the divisional football round, and I went to his place uh, after the game and, and spent the night, and we watched football the next day, and it was kind of like, you, you needed a while to, to kind of decompress from that game. I think Jordan Ford played 58 minutes in that game. I mean, it was, I've never seen anything like it, but yeah, you mentioned the BYU and the Santa Clara game, too. Last night, I'll take it back to this, last night the Gale played 50-41, to 41. Uh, inside of four and a half minutes to play, and the Dons cut it to four. So you're kind of having a little bit of PTSD. I mean, for the last five games, St. Mary's has held a, a lead late, and their offense has kind of you know faltered a little bit down the stretch, and the other team's able to climb back into it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, not just for myself, but for, for the team, I mean, that can have four overtimes and losing in the fashion that they did at Pacific, and especially and also against Santa Clara at home. That could have a lasting effect. But to the Gales' credit, in the last two games, again, I think they've taken a step forward. Uh, the game against Pepperdine, they really didn't let Pepperdine into the game outside of a run early in the second half than last night being able to slam the door shut on USF with their defense. So, uh, But, yeah, man, I, I don't know if you – have you ever called a four-overtime game? I don't think that I have. I've gone uh, – I believe double overtime I think is the most. But, uh, yeah, four is yeah. not something that I said I can be uh, – that I've been through. <laughs> like, like an hour of basketball. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully you can uh, rest the vocal cords a little bit after that one. That sounds like a, a tough one to call. Oh, without a doubt. And especially how tightly contested it was. I mean, every possession mattered so much. I don't think either team had, you know, until the end, until 
Pacific hit free throws down the stretch. I don't think either team had more than a four-point lead in any of the overtimes. So, you know, every, every possession was a little tense. Want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sportsbooks in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, MyBookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. You mentioned earlier in the year you had a 40-point win against Arizona State. I only bring that up just because that box score was one of the most interesting that I've ever seen. And for Arizona State, three players scoring in that game, one of which off the bench had over 40 points. What was that like from your perspective to see just that bizarre scoring output from another team? Uh, it's Jesse, it's the most bizarre box score I think I've ever seen. Uh, looking at the Arizona State, I'm looking at it right now. Arizona State scored 56 points. 43 of them came, came off the bench. Yeah. Uh, and the way that game went, I, you know, Jordan Ford, by the way, that, that was kind of the that was the big story in that game for me if you were at the game. Uh, the way that it started, look at the box score. Obviously, the big story is Alonzo Burks Jr. for Arizona State who scored 43 of their 56 points. But the story in that game for me and for everybody I think that was in that building, Jordan Ford scored 22 of the Gales' first 28 points. And, and St. Mary's just ran away with that. Like he's 20, He had 22 points in like nine minutes or something like that to start the game. He can do that. He ended up with 34 points on the night. Uh, but the Gales just pretty much kind of broke the Sun Devils that game. I mean, they were up by 30 in the first half. I think they were up, let's see, the halftime score was 51-19. to 19. That was an Arizona State team that was coming off of, you know, beating Georgia at home by 20. Uh, so, you know, I think that Bobby Hurley just kind of said, hey, what's working? And what was working was take the ball to Alonzo Birch Jr. and just <laughs> letting him uh, make some plays and return 43 points in a 40-point loss. But yeah, like you said, one of the most bizarre box I have ever seen. Yeah, no question about it. And Looking forward to the upcoming matchup between the Lions and the Gales. LMU got their second conference win last night when they took on Portland. Obviously, they rely heavily in getting their offense initiated through Eli Scott. How much have you had to see? How much have you seen rather of LMU and and looking forward to this matchup? Uh, what you expect uh, going forward into Saturday night? Yeah, in preparation for last night, I actually watched the entire LMU USF game. What I was really impressed by was just how Eli Scott's evolution as a player. You know, I remember his freshman and even into his sophomore years a little bit, at least in the games against the Gales, he was mostly a low guy. You know, I mean, he would really use his physicality to get into the paint. Very good rebounder, obviously, but now he's got 97 assists on the season. I saw the numbers from the triple double earlier this year. He's really evolved his game, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Jesse, but point forward and, you know his listing right I, I think he's but I haven't I haven't made but yeah 6'6 245 his ability to bring the ball up the floor that causes a matchup problem especially with his physicality so uh you know that's really impressive obviously the Lions can shoot the three a little bit at 37 percent um and, and I know it's young I know there's been some injuries with LMU but uh, I mean it seems like they've gotten better as the year has gone on and yeah I think that Eli Scott matchup is tough for anybody uh, you, you know to deal with. So where do these two teams match up? I, I think it's 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 a little tough to say. The Gales may have a bit of trouble. Gordon Bell has put up some pretty good numbers uh, over the last you know over the last uh, over the last 
few games. I know uh, he had a double-double earlier in league play. Uh, without Markison, it does allow the Gales a little to play small along the front line a little bit. You know, how are the Lions going to match up defensively with Jordan Ford? I think you can probably assume that maybe a guy like Eli Scott will uh, take Malik Fitz. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to come down to the, uh, the Gales got worked on the glass last night, Jesse. You know, USF out rebounded it by nine. How is St. Mary's going to deal in the paint with a physical LMU team, a team that's normally physical anyway? I think that's that's the biggest question in my mind. And, you know, can the Gales recover from a slow offensive night? Again, Jordan Ford, no field goal last night for the first time in over 70 games. So uh, I know he's been a little bit under the weather. He played under the weather at Pepperdine last weekend. How's the Gales' health going to be? That that has something else to do with it. But, yeah, I think when you look at LMU, for me anyway, and this is, again, I'll know more after today and watch them a little bit more on film, but matching up with Eli Scott and his ability to make plays and score – and also the you know the physicality uh, underneath, even without uh, even without Markison and a guy like Damian Douglas, who man I liked him a lot last year, yeah. as a freshman. I know he's in for the year, but oof, man, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that has oozing potential? That guy has oozing potential. Um, but yeah, the physicality and then matching up with Eli Scott. You know, how are those two things going to go? And then again, the Gales are going to have to knock down a three. Uh, you know, in LMU, it looks like he's given up a thirty-three uh, percent. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong, uh, wrong box. The Lions are shooting 32%. I know they've shot the ball pretty well from three anyway, but they shot the ball pretty well from USF. So physicality and matching up with the Eli Sky are the two things I'm looking at, at least at this point, when it comes to this matchup. Yeah, the Lions' three-point shooting has been up and down. It was up the other night against Portland where they made 11 of 27 yeah. from three. Obviously, they've had other games where they've gone you know, 1 of 10 or 0 for 9, so that's kind of a, a toss-up for them. But as you mentioned for Eli Scott, not only really the point forward, but they've essentially been starting him as the point guard the past couple of games right. while, while having a bigger lineup. You know, if you look at the starting five, it's been Eli Scott, Eric Johansson, Dos Anjos, Dorch, and Jordan Bell. So that's, you know, three bigs, Johansson, and then essentially Eli Scott as that de facto point guard. So he's taken on that yeah. role with, with full force, and he had a very unconventional double-double last night, scored just five points, but had 13 rebounds and 10 assists. So he's clearly taken to that role very well and as you said evolved as a player yeah and that's a good point about starting the three bigs too jesse i mean i thought santa clara uh caused some matchup problems with st mary's with the lineups that they had on the floor with dj mitchell joseph Frankich, and uh Keyshawn justice and st mary's on the block i mean they've got dan foto starting the place the thighs toss he's six seven the others they can play another small ball fives kyle bowen's a freshman six eight, out of australia but if you go like a, kind of a, like a smaller front line, uh, a little bit more athletic, like you're talking about, that kind of takes Jock Perry and Aaron Menzies, the two seven footers, out of the game a little bit, depending on you know the offensive sets run by LMU. So uh, we'll see how Randy Bennett kind of matches up there. But I know with Santa Clara, uh, you know their lineup of kind of six nine, six nine, six seven, uh, all on the floor at the same time with a little bit of athleticism, gave the Gales a little bit of problems. Yeah, that's certainly the look that the Lions are going to try to go for and. Looking forward to this match, but I know that it's obviously going to be a battle of, of tempos. We know the Lions like to play in the half court. They like to slow it down, and obviously the Gales, when they can get out and move the ball and get open for three, uh, they can do very well. So it'll be a very interesting contrast of styles and see who comes out on top on Saturday. It sure will, yeah. And I think you're going to see the Gales play in the half court a lot as well. The number to watch, Jesse, you'll probably see this in our game notes, is the assist number for St. Mary. When they have double-digit assists over the last two years, St. Mary's St. Mary's is 30 and 1. Uh, when they're under that number, uh, let's see, uh, well, they're not 30 and 1. They would be, I think they are, They were 7 and 12 a year ago. 
so anyway, that's the number to watch. The Gales share the ball. They could be very good. They don't, then it becomes a little bit more of a one-man show, and you're really looking at Jordan Ford and the league fits trying to create their own shots. Yeah, no question about it. And Alex, before I let you go, obviously you've been with St. Mary's for quite some time. We know Randy Bennett just eclipsed uh, 2000, or 200 wins rather in the West Coast Conference, and you've been able to call some NCAA tournament games. What's it been like just from your perspective to be part of this run and see such a consistently good team that is always involved in postseason play and high expectations? Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm really lucky uh, you know, to not just be involved with a, a program that, that performs it the way that St. Mary's does year in and year out, but just the type of people that come through this program, man. I mean, you, know, you got people like Matthew Delavadova and uh, you know, it, I mean, the list goes on. Matthew Delavadova, for example, you know, sent a video. I know, you know, that St. Mary started this whole thing fundraising for Australia through the Australian Red Cross. Matthew Delavadova sent a video last night to play on the big board for for all the people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just in terms of the high level of basketball, I, I've been very lucky. And uh, Randy Bennett and the staff have been as easy to work with as as anyone I can think of. And like I said, just the quality of person that has that has come through. Uh, the St. Mary's program in the time that I've been here, it's been, uh, it's really special. I mean, they, Randy Bennett has really built something special, not just with the wins, but with the culture that he's developed in this program. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to be along for the ride. I cherish every minute of it. I went to St. Mary's Jesse, as, as you probably know. Uh, so it's, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun for me. And, you know, hopefully when we're talking about the, the year in year out success of, of St. Mary's and, and especially the West coast conference, hopefully that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, it seems like the conference just keeps getting stronger and stronger. So as you said, hopefully that remains the case. Alex, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show before you get on a flight soon. And uh, I'll see you in L.A. in in just a matter of hours. Jesse, looking forward to it, my friend. Have a good Friday. You too. This is a public service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This new trimmer is just released only moments ago, and we were the first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer is now available for purchase. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also got upgraded 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, and let's not forget about the charging stand, This intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it for yourself firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BELIEVE. And as always, your balls will thank you. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Alamy Basketball Podcast. Thanks once again so much for tuning in. And a big thank you once again to Alex Jensen for coming on the show. You can hear either one of our calls tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day that goes up on a Friday, the game for LMU and St. Mary's is Saturday, 6 p.m., January 25th to be exact, 6 p.m. at Gerson Pavilion. I'll have the call as always on KXLU. Lots of other broadcasting opportunities as well. So find it wherever you can. LMU and St. Mary's should be a good one. The Lions looking to build on their win against the Portland Pilots against a very good St. Mary's Ball Club. So as always, please rate, review, and subscribe. The show helps us continue to grow the show. All these ratings reviews that you've given already have been so fantastic, so please continue to do so if you have not. You can also find us wherever podcasts are available and at Believe.com 
and at Believe Podcasts on any social media platform. Also, be sure to follow along with me at Jesse underscore Cast for any updates on LMU broadcasts, LMU games, and LMU players, everything in between. I've got you covered there. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the LMU Basketball Podcast. As we said, once again, a big thanks to Alex Jensen, and a big thanks to you for tuning in again. Lines and Gales coming up on Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, this is the LMU Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Twenty twenty, a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than one hundred of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.